Hey Europe, this is Musable.com calling, the best source for news and blogs about the Eurovision Song Contest. If you're looking for a new Eurovision experience online, you should visit us. Our editors have a wide variety of content for you to enjoy, from up-to-date news stories and interviews to fun and interactive quizzes. So if you want to know the latest news or just find out what Eurovision country best suits you, we have it all at Musable.com. You are listening to a special episode of Eurovision Legends, where I, your host, Emil Lövström, invites some of this year's participants. Today we're going to get to know James Newman from the United Kingdom and talk about his song Ambers, but also, of course, his song from last year and the consolation of the contest. And with him, we have the honor to introduce Her Majesty's funniest ambassador to Sweden ever, Judith Goff. A Eurovision fanatic and diplomat. Just like me. You know, queen, fanatic, diplomat. Take it away. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Madam Ambassador to Sweden, Judith Goff. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Thank you, Emil. And UK's Ambassador for Eurovision 2021, James Newman. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> what a lovely <laughs> idea this was, Judith, to have a chat like this with the most talked about guy in the UK after Prince Harry. <laughs> I know, I'm thrilled. I'm really thrilled. It's lovely to, it's lovely to meet James, albeit online. But... Yes, and you too, definitely. <laughs> Thank you. You, Judith, are Her Majesty's Ambassador to Sweden since 2019. And before that, you were Ambassador to Georgia and Ukraine. That's right. So um, I was Ambassador in Ukraine from 2015 to 2019 before I came here. Uh, And then you're right, prior to that in Georgia, two good Eurovision countries. Uh, And of course, now in the capital of Eurovision, and that's Sweden. You can see a theme in my career, can't you? And now you're on Eurovision Legends. Exactly. It gets no better than this. Thank you. Where are you right now, James? I'm in my house in North London, uh, a little place called Crouch End. Uh, Just uh, beautiful weather outside and just uh, having a nice afternoon. Uh, To keep this conversation in a good mood, my suggestion is to skip politics, Brexit and Mexit. Instead of what we could warm up with some quick questions regarding Eurovision. What do you say about that? Sounds good to me. Okay. Best song from the United Kingdom in Eurovision. Ooh, ooh. I'm going to go with, and it's because of my age and the memories probably, but Bucks Fears making your mind up 1981. agree james i i actually do agree it's a great song i love it worst song from the united kingdom oh <laughs> i don't want to upset anyone but scooch do you agree judith <laughs> i'm a diplomat um, so it's a tricky one for me but i have to say, have to say scooch was not our finest hour <laughs> <laughs> Drop three songs from Eurovision history you really like. Oh, 
Okay, Dana International Diva. Viva Maria, Viva Victoria, Aphrodita. Viva la vida, Viva Victoria, Cleopatra. What a fabulous song that was. Love it. Um, I'm going to go with Alexander Reback and Fairy Tale. Also, oh, let me think. Um, Sverka Verduchka, the Ukrainian entry that didn't win, but just who can forget that song and that look with the star on the head? Love it. Okay, happy end. Do you remember those songs, James? That's some great knowledge there, Judith, but I don't know <laughs> if I can match that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I would say mine are uh, Mon Zemelov, uh, Heroes. We are the heroes of our time, heroes, oh, oh, but we're dancing with the demons in our minds, heroes, oh, oh. Uh, I would also say Birds by Anouk. Birds falling down the rooftops Out of the sky like raindrops No air, no pride And I would say Ooh, ah, just a little bit by Gina G. <laughs> <laughs> I gave for that as a fourth, actually. I have to. <laughs> That was top, top notch. Great song. Who should have won Eurovision but didn't? Uh, it should have been Dowdy last year um, from uh, Iceland. Unfortunately, because the competition was cancelled, he didn't get a chance. But I think he would have won it. Judith, was that your favourite from last year? Absolutely. What do you think about things? Believe it. I will always be there so you can tell me anything and I'll listen. Um, I mean, really, really sad for them that the contest didn't happen because I think I think they would have, you know, no offence to anybody else. Uh, no. They would have nailed it. Not you, James, not anybody. Yeah, no, not taken. <laughs> that, that was just an extraordinary entry. Judith, who should not have won Eurovision but did? <laughs> Ouch. Probably some of the early British um, winners, probably because at the time there wasn't as much competition as there is now. Um, I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. James, United Kingdom as part of the Big Five, good or bad? Uh, good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't have to compete in the semi-final. But the downside of that is you don't get as much practice. So there's, there's positives and negatives of that. You did favourite country in Eurovision besides the UK? Oh, Sweden, obviously. No-brainer. For you, James? Uh, there's many, I love all the countries, but I think I really love Sweden. Mm -hmm. 
James, who do you want to see participate for the UK next year? The, the girls from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Uh, Judith, if James takes home the contest this year, which city do you wish to host it? Ooh, that's really, really tricky. I think Crouch End. (laughs) It's it's Crouch End's moment. It's Crouch End's time. You know, know, let's take it back to to, to where James... You're not there from there originally, though, are you, James? I can tell. No, I'm not, no. (laughs) James, would you like to be the host? I would love to be the host, yeah. And um, I would... Love it to be in uh, Yorkshire, where I'm from originally, so in Leeds. Last question, and this one is for you, Judith, since you've been around the block a few times. Ooh, careful. (laughs) (laughs) Which country has the best food, Georgia, Ukraine or Sweden? And tell us why. Um, So there's no contest, but the Georgians have food sorted. Um, High quality ingredients with passion. Uh, and the clear instruction to take your time over the meal and the socialising. And it always comes with music. Um, Georgian polyphonic singing is the most extraordinary uh, cultural heritage. So I'm going to go for Georgian food, particularly Hachapuri, which is kind of the original pizza. Cheese on bread, what more can you want? I actually love Georgian food too. Great, everyone survived and no one offended Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> yeah, there's still time, yeah. <laughs> James, you were born in 1985, very good vintage, if you ask me, in Settle, North uh, Yorkshire. Yeah. How did music get into your life? Uh, well, my father was um, an Irish folk musician. Um, he wasn't Irish, he pretended he was, because uh, <laughs> he loved it so much. And my and then my mother brought us, me and my brother up uh, on Motown music, soul music. Um, so there's always like Diana Ross playing when we got up in the morning, always like Smokey Robinson or Marvin Gaye. So that was kind of my, my musical inspiration growing up, really. What is your first memory of Eurovision? Um, my first memory of Eurovision? Uh, that's a tough one, actually. I think the, the time that I took it, you know, when obviously you'd watch it all the time, but I think Con- Conchita was the one that when I thought, wow, this is amazing, you know, yeah. what, what a competition, yeah. You did. You are slightly more vintage than me and James. Yes, but a very good year as well. <laughs> what is your first memory of the contest? My first memory of the contest is, it's less the music, it's more the um, commentating, and it's Terry Wogan. Um, So for me, sitting with my parents at home watching it, uh, the music, uh, you know, was hit and miss, I think, at times in in the 70s. But the commentary um, from Terry Wogan throughout the years was always top-notch and brilliantly wry uh, and uh, to the point. Uh, and, and that's a, a legacy that I think Graham Norton carries on brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah. I know you are a big Eurovision fan, just like me, Judith. How mm-hmm. did the interest start? Um, I think like everybody, you watch it as a child. Um, you enjoy it and you're drawn to it. And I think for me, it was the music. And then I, I think James is right. It's moments like Conchita Versch or Dana International that spectacle, that sense of not just a musical festival that 
brings in so many countries and has, you know, it's one of the biggest TV events in the world, 200 million viewers, no pressure, James, in the summer. <laughs> um, but it's the diversity. It has become from, from what was a quite a small niche competition. It has become so big and so diverse and yeah. just so much fun, as well as being about some really serious music and musicians uh, and gives a chance to showcase talent that wouldn't ordinarily get that kind of audience. Uh, in 2016, Ukraine won the contest with the song 1944, sung by Jamala. And mm-hmm. Judith, you were the ambassador for United Kingdom to Ukraine that year. I was. What can you tell us about Eurovision in Kiev in 2017? It was, I mean, it was quite extraordinary. Uh, I mean, first of all, we were delighted Jamala won. I came to know her personally, and uh, she is the most phenomenal artist uh, and musician. And you could see what that meant to Ukraine uh, when when they won. And it was really tricky for a country uh, like Ukraine, uh, which uh, is, is engaged in a conflict with its near neighbor, uh, which is fighting uh, a number of battles on the domestic front as it reforms and And, 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 and moves ever closer uh, towards Europe to hold an event of that of that magnitude. But you know they pulled it off rather well, um, and it was an extraordinary night, which I think you know really you know, everybody was there. I can remember. I mean, my goodness, some of it's a blur. Uh, but bumping into various political leaders dancing away in the corners, the president of one country, um, the mayor of Kiev, you know, the most extraordinary party that brought everybody together. And I think it really allows countries like Ukraine and cities like Kiev uh, to show what they've got. Uh, and and it was it, it passed off really, really well. And, you know, we had a great British entry in Lucy Jones. Uh, we, we had an absolute ball. Can you share some gossip behind the scenes? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, let me see. I think my biggest negotiation of that whole period uh, was making sure that the hotel bar stayed open for the BBC after party afterwards <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning. Um, all I can say is my diplomatic skills ensured that we succeeded, but it was one of the toughest negotiations I've had to have. <laughs> As an ambassador in Sweden for the United Kingdom, what do you think is the main difference between Sweden and UK regarding the interest for the contest? I mean, I think, I mean, James will have his views. I I think in the UK, we have a a slightly more tongue-in-cheek relationship uh, to, to Eurovision. Um, not across the board, but I, I, I think it, it, is, it has been seen more as a, as a fun competition than a serious competition. I think in Sweden, you have turned it into an art form. I mean, Melodie Festivalen uh, is something uh, that is so special uh, and had us gripped this year. Uh, and I would love to see the UK do the same, actually. We've, we've, we've done that mm. sort of thing in the past. Uh, but it's 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 extraordinary how everybody in Sweden tunes it tunes into Melody Festival and everybody has an opinion. Yeah. Uh, and the quality of acts that, that that competition drives, I think, is really really high. It was a really good stiff competition this year. Yeah, totally. Have you seen your Melody Festival, James? Yeah, I watched it for the first time um, this year, and I was absolutely blown away by how amazing everyone is. Like Judy said. You know, everyone takes it so seriously. And I think that kind of shows, you know, I think a lot of people in the UK have started watching it and it shows how differently Sweden take the the attitude towards Eurovision. And I think one thing that I'm trying to do is kind of show people that 
you know, it's a serious competition. There's a lot of amazing contemporary acts um, and it's, you know, it doesn't have to be the novelty that it used to be. Did you have some favorites among the songs? Yeah, I really liked Eric Sade's song. I love it in the morning, oh na 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 na. I love it in the evening, oh na 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 na. I love it every weekend, oh na 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 na. I want it all, every minute. I love it in the morning, oh na 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 na. I love it in the evening, oh na 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 na. I love it every weekend, oh na 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 na. because it felt like it could be you know on the radio right now with like Joel Corey or someone like that it was it was really cool and I loved all of them was it Do- Dotter um I loved her song as well um but I really loved Tusa uh it's a great song and it's always stuck in my head voices so that's that's a good sign I think what do you think you did um, I mean I thought Tusa was superb and and also what a backstory i mean that really shows you uh, the opportunity the melody festival and the eurovision give you uh, for him to win i loved uh clara uh klingström yeah uh, but day dog fantastic song but again I, I love the diversity and the quality of the acts I thought were fantastic actually it was a really mm. really good Melfest this year Eurovision last year got cancelled due to the pandemic we sadly still live with what was it like for you James to accept that it wouldn't be a competition I was heartbroken because it worked so hard and, and I thought I was going to be singing on the stage in front of 180, 200 million people and, and the response had been really good from from everyone in the UK and and in Europe and, um, and Glastonbury Festival got cancelled and I was like it's going to be Eurovision next and I knew I knew it had to happen for to keep people safe but obviously when I heard I was like oh um, but straight away I was like I want to do it I need to do it again next year and kind of finish what I'd started and uh, yeah I'm just really happy to be to be going back there again this year. We take a listen to your song from last year titled My Last Breath. If we were deep sea divers And no one came to find us If you had nothing left I'd give you my last breath oh, I'd give you my last breath oh. How did you get the information that it was cancelled? I was uh, driving to the shops with my wife and uh, I got I saw an email pop up so I pulled over and looked at my phone and um, yeah it said yeah you, you probably all know this but your vision is cancelled and I was just like oh no <laughs> it was a horrible horrible feeling I had to take five minutes just to um, let it kind of sink in. Yeah but you mean you got information when we got information? Yeah, it was around the same time because the, the um, EPU made a statement, oh, and obviously they yeah. only they told the BBC 
Yeah. Um, like moments before they announced it. So everyone kind of, I kind of found out when everyone else did. Yeah. What, what do you remember about this, Judith? Um, I, I mean, I remember feeling, you know, disappointed because, of course, you know, it, it, it is the highlight, uh, you know, a highlight of any year. Um, but, but I think, you know, feeling very, very disappointed for the artists because, hey, you know, having met artists in the past when they come, you know, for example, Lucy coming to, to, to Kiev, um, you know, you know just how much preparation goes into this. Uh, and just how much you know an artist has to really psych themselves up for the biggest audience, perhaps that many of them will ever get. You know, they, it's a huge audience. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I really, really, really felt for them. Um, and you know, I'm just delighted that James is, is is able to come back and do it this year. I think that's I think that's great, and, and with such a good song too. Thank you. Uh, your song from last year was composed by you, Ed Druitt, Adam Argyle, and Ian James. And That's Ian right. James won for Azerbaijan in 2011 with the song Running Scared. Yes. You said it before, it was a no-brainer to say yes when they asked you to represent UK again this year. Yeah, that's right. Um, I just felt like I had to to carry on. Um, I was so excited to to have the opportunity to to go and sing on the stage. And obviously, I was thinking if if I'm watching it at home and all them people that were meant to be performing last year are doing it again, and I'm not there, I'll be so so sad. And you know, I just wanted to to go back and have the opportunity with a new song to uh, to have another go and hopefully do even better than I might have done before. Yeah. How many songs did you write and choose from? Oh, those lords. <laughs> we did a we did a a full week of writing um at the end of last year um when it was safe um in between lockdowns and everyone got tested and masked up and everyone had to stay away from each other but we um we did it in a place called Tile Yard which is a, a music studios and we had um a full week of writing and and Embers was one of those songs so i think that week we wrote about seven or eight and i'd written about five or six before that for it so yeah there was around nearly 20 songs maybe that um i'd done How much say did you have, James? I mean, did the music company BMG and BBC give you full access to decide the song yourself? Oh yeah, well, I mean, obviously, like I, I, I wrote the song, every song um, that we, that I put forward, and and my whole thing about doing Eurovision is that I wanted to have complete creative control because it's my, it's my artist career, it's my, it's my life, you know. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to decide, but obviously you've got to listen to everyone's opinions. So we had a lot of Zoom meetings uh, discussing the songs and uh, with the label and with the BBC as well, because you know the people at the BBC know exactly all about Eurovision, and the people at BMG know all about the music industry. And obviously, I, I work in the music industry as well. So um, it was a team effort to, to finally choose the song. Yeah. And your song for this year is titled Embers, and it's composed by you, Connor Blake, Danny Shaw, Tom Hollings, and Samuel Brennan. Yes. We take a listen to the song. Out of the embers, you and I are gonna light up the room. actually I, I think it, it, it 
feels a po- you know, it's a positive song. Well, it is for me. Uh, James is probably going to tell me I've misread it now. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's that sort of sense of you know rising out of the embers. I, you know, I, I think that's it's the kind of music we need right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think it's a strong song, and I think it sounds a very very good chance. Thank you very much. That's nice. Nice to hear. <laughs> The process to decide the entry for UK has been several during the years. For example, a national pre-selection of song for Europe with jury voting, postcard voting and televoting. But in September 2019, it was announced that the BBC would not hold a public selection for the 2020 contest and that BBC Studios would partner with record label BMG. Uh, what do you think of this, Judith and James? Is this because of the low interest in the country and the poor results in the past years? Um, I think the BBC wanted to just try a different approach. Uh, and obviously, uh, having like BMG, who's a record label and a publishing label, and you know, they could find the artist and the song <clears throat> in house. And I think they just wanted to try a different approach. I think they looked at how the Netherlands had changed their approach from a, from a, from a voting public vote to to an internal decision so i think they just wanted to try something different and luckily for me they did (laughs) (laughs) judy do you miss a song for europe um i mean look i i I think we're lucky because the process we've had this year has given us james um which is great um i mean i would as i say you know when you've seen Melody Festival, and um, I would love to see something similar in the UK because I, I, I think you know the way you do it in Sweden here is you know quite frankly fantastic, um, and it it, it it does produce uh, a really great entertainment, but but be really high quality uh, entries. Uh, yeah. So hopefully going forwards, that's a a further uh, format that we will experiment with in the UK. Definitely. So how are the plans right now? I understand that they soon can be changed, but what's the plan for you right now for the contest, James? Um, so the plan is we go to Rotterdam and we have to isolate before we um, go there. And then we get to the hotel and they lock us in the hotel uh, until we get driven to the arena yeah. uh, and then back to the hotel and we don't leave there, which is, I mean, I mean, it's different. It's a different experience to what I thought was going to happen. A lot of people told me there's um, it's a very fun week of parties and, and stuff like that. So, But I'm just glad I get to go there. So uh, a lot of preparation, uh, singing lessons and practicing the song and rehearsals and uh, photo shoots. It's just a really exciting time. What can we expect from you on stage? Can you reveal anything? <laughs> well, I don't want to give away too much because obviously the stage show is a, a big thing. Um But I have got a choreographer and I have been learning some dance moves. Oh. So, uh, that, but that's all I can tell you right now. You did. How will you and your family watch Eurovision? Uh, well, um, I think that's going to depend on the rules in Sweden about how many people can gather together. Um, I mean, either I like to attend um, in person, and, and James is absolutely right. When you attend, it is a week of parties. It's the most. By the time you get to the, <laughs> the final, most people are absolutely shredded. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's you know that that that's going to be i think missing this year but if 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 i can't attend then what we usually do is is hold a party uh, often a fancy dress party um have eurovision up on a big screen uh, invite as many people as possible and just enjoy the evening 
Um, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to do that in Sweden this year. But again, that depends on how many people we can legally gather uh, at home. Is your partner a Eurovision fan too? She is, but she's Greek. Um, so it's a bit of a split household sometimes. <laughs> how expensive <laughs> is your phone bill after Eurovision? <laughs> uh, it can be quite expensive depending on how we're voting and where we're voting from. Since you are in Sweden, I guess you'll vote for James. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. James, are you bringing any family to Rotterdam? Unfortunately, I can't take anyone okay. with me because of because uh, of the restrictions and having to, you know, I've got to keep everyone safe. And um, so it's just a skeleton crew I can take with me, just my glam squad and my uh, my rest of my crew. But um, my family will all be watching at home on the TV. Yeah, definitely. Good luck in Rotterdam, James. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Very much looking forward to it. And Judith, we must do this again. This was a delight. We must. I already call you my BFF. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know, the one thing I didn't mention, which I must as we're in Sweden, um, is that one of my favorite ever Eurovision songs was never an entry, uh, but it was the song Peace, Peace, Love, Love in 2016. Yeah. And Mons. I loved that. Um, and, and that is my guilty pleasure. I, I, nice. I Fill the stage with light as dancers will join us. The expectations grow. It's time for the chorus. Love, love, peace, peace for women making bread. Peace, just a fantastic moment which captured the spirit of Eurovision in one song. Yeah, I totally agree. And I cross my fingers for you, James. Thank you so much. It's lovely to talk to you both and I appreciate the support. Lycka till, as the Swedes would say. Yes, lycka till. Lycka till. Great. <laughs> and Great. You in, in real life at some point, Emil, and obviously you as well, um, James, but um, Emil, as we're, as we're both in Sweden, hopefully at some point. <laughs> yes, we must. We must. We must. It would yes. be lovely to, compare, lovely to meet up and compare notes. And thank you very much for today. It's been fun. Yes, absolutely. Next time we call Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't think I can match up to Bonnie, unfortunately. <laughs> you, may, you may need to readjust the sound settings for that one, I think. Out of the embers, you and I are gonna light up the room.